You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today, we're talking about books to cure your seasonal depression. <laughs> Anyone else? I mean, not a right? time of I mean, our life right now? <laughs> love the title, but let's be real. We know these books are not going to be, like, your end-all, be-all cure. But they are no sappy books that are just easy to read to pass the time that will take your attention off things. Yes. Can we, like, talk about the things that trigger our seasonal depression and have helped our seasonal depression? Because, I don't know about you, but, uh... I'm going on, like, nine years strong of seasonal depression, and I've, like, found my triggers <laughs> and found my, like, somewhat coping techniques, even though I still, like, literally don't want to do anything. That's good. So what are yours? What are yours? Honestly, I don't really know all of mine. I just know that it's, like, when I can't, like, when we wake up in the morning, this is weird. This is probably, like, a trigger. Our house is, like, so cold from the night. Yes. I, I think our, like, heating unit can tell, like, when no one's walking around, and so then it puts it into, like, energy-saving mode. And so I'll wake up, and it's freezing, and I'm, like, I hate everything. Yes. So, like, I need to be warm, I need to feel the sunshine, and then the cold just sucks. It's like when uh, Michael <laughs> Michael Scott is like, I just want bacon when I wake up, and since I can't have a butler, I just <laughs> plug in my, my griddle and put the bacon my, on, and then I wake up to the smell of bacon in the morning. warming grill. <laughs> so funny. Honestly, like, I hate to admit it, but there's a part of Michael that I identify with in that statement, where I'm like, well, I can't have a butler, so I and I want to wake up to the smell of bacon in the morning. Sue me. <laughs> like... <laughs> accurate honestly i see the point honestly okay okay um wait so what are the other things like what are your triggers for it i don't really Let's... know all my triggers but i do know what helps me feel better okay tell me and that is reading like the best books also mm-hmm. i'm really into sewing right now i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. know that but i love sewing even for christmas my husband got me this dress form and I'm obsessed with it. So and so cool. just, like, sewing fun, easy projects that make me feel accomplished. Yes, 100%. Love doing stuff like that. I totally feel like that's a good thing, like, just to put yourself into your passions or create something outside mm-hmm. of yourself, even when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, basically, anything to make me feel better is an easy task that I can accomplish that I'm like, that was impressive. Yes. Okay, I've got so many freaking, like, I have things to say about this, but I'm like, this might be a little intense. So, like, only because, like, mm, I have, like, experienced it, but also, like, for when I'm doing my photography business, I also have, like, a coaching, like, mentorship business and stuff like that that, like, is on the side. And so one of the things that we talk about is just, like, how to stay motivated, and these are, like, my biggest tips. If you're, like, how the crap do I get out of bed in the morning? Um, the biggest thing that I do is like, I use Alexa to, I have a playlist that I do to, it's like called my wake up and workout playlist. So even if I don't plan on waking on working out, I'll just tell Alexa like, Hey, you know, put on some music that's like upbeat. And I have like, this playlist is like music that just is like always going to make me feel really good. I have a lot of Demi Lovato on there because I love her confidence and like her, like, Mm -hmm. you know, look at this, look at this like energy. And so I'll start off by putting on music and, um. I have, I think, like, setting up your routine from the night before is really nice. So, like, planning your day the night before. Because I'm a night owl. So, like, 
for me, at like 11.30, I'm like, dude, I have so many ideas right now. But in the morning, I'm like, I'm dead. I hate everyone. And so at night, <laughs> if I like make sure that I have um, like a cute outfit laid out or that I've planned my day ahead of time, I'm using mm-hmm. the times that I do have energy to like prepare myself for the mornings. So I'll have like a plan or something to be excited about. And then um, I try not to – I think one of the biggest things is like when I'm struggling with depression, like I'm on Zoloft. Like I need the good drugs to like make me feel happy. Yeah. That like um, – I, one of the things that's helped me is that sometimes, like, a normal task can feel, like, so overwhelming. Like, for example, like, I had, like, a deadline for something, and I was, like, this is just so overwhelming. And it was, it literally took me 45 minutes to do, but for, like, the past week and a half, I've been, like, I can't enjoy myself until this task is done, but I would never do Mm -hmm. it because I was, like, so stressed about it. And I think one of the things that I do is I write down, you only have to get one task done today or two tasks done today, especially when you're being depressed, like, when you're depressed and struggling with things. You need to not hold yourself to the standard that you were when you weren't depressed. And I think that's the biggest thing that people, like, you can't function on all levels. You can't, like, you know what I mean? If you're literally struggling to stay focused or have any form of motivation, then you really got to be kind to yourself and give yourself grace in these times. And so self-care is really important in terms of, like, um, I think for us, like, books are a big thing. But for me, self-care is turning off social media um, because it makes me compare myself to like, I think we, we actually had a conversation about this like yeah. five minutes ago. We were talking about how like Instagram, like fitness and like all those things, like it just makes us feel like everyone else is put together and normal and we're not. And I think like when you're in a place of like depression, like you need to stay away from anything that will put your, that allows those voices in your head to put yourself down and also to just, um, to focus on, on things that bring you peace. So like finding a passion or a hobby, but I feel like a morning routine is really helpful. One of the things that I do, um, for a morning routine is I have these acai bowls. You can get them at Walmart for three bucks and what? it's really nice to like, yeah, they're like, and you buy them and you put them in your freezer and then that's you awesome. buy like 10 of them and like you put them in there. And then what I like about it is that I can just cut up a banana and then microwave it, microwave the thing for 45 seconds. So it thaws. And then I have an acai bowl to wake up and that's like, it's just, like, something where That's it's, nice. like, look, you have stuff. something to yeah. look forward to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a big thing that I do is I have, like, people that I can call that put, bring me outside of myself. So, like, Anna's one of those people where I'm, like, hi, can you talk to me for, like, ten minutes because I'm feeling kind of lonely? And I'll do it basically every day. I'll be, yep. like, Anna, <laughs> like, multiple times a day. I'll be, like, guess what happened? <laughs> I was at the drive-thru, and it's nice just to not feel like you're alone. So mm-hmm. I've got a bunch more. Maybe I'll do, like, a little mini bonus post about it because honestly you have a lot of good like advice about stuff like this yeah I just think like I don't know I struggled with it since I was like in third or fourth grade like when I lived in Washington Mm -hmm. up until anytime that it's just I'm a little Tanner always says that I'm a little sunflower so like whenever there's no sun I'm like dead (laughs) like making dinners oh one (laughs) other thing too is um don't like I said with holding yourself to the standards of when you were like all put together. Um, if you're not going to feel like you can like make meals, like, you know, home cook a meal or whatever, because you don't have that energy. Um, just be, and this can apply to other things, be realistic with yourself. Like for me, like I haven't cooked in probably like a couple weeks because I, by the time I'm done taking care of Adelaide and doing all these things, like I just don't have the, I'm so drained already mm-hmm. from my depression that like, I just don't have the energy to, and so, um, like, I go to the grocery store and get, like, freezer meals, so at least all I have to do is just throw it on a pan, and then it's done, like, then dinner's made, you know? It doesn't have yeah. to be perfect, 
And I think that really helps is like planning ahead for times when you are depressed. So like making a big, big, big thing of something and then sticking it in portions in the freezer so you can reheat it. Like prepare for the times you're that life put together. Yeah. Like I think, you know, um, when, and also asking for help. Like I cannot recommend like medication and therapy enough. It's awesome and super helpful. Yeah. I love that. So be happy. I'm so sorry if you're sad. Like, seriously, give you a hug. (laughs) Realistically, we know going into this episode, it's not like these books literally will cure season of depression. It will just be a nice distraction. And we'll give you some happy feelings. And just know that we know exactly what you're going through. And Mm -hmm. it's totally normal this time of year to not feel motivated. I think this year, too, with, like, COVID, it's like even the things that you could have done in the wintertime are closed down. And so it's like you can't go on walks yeah. as much. You can't go to the park as much, you know. And so like all the outdoorsy stuff I was doing to like cope with like not being able to go into like stores and have that normalcy is like gone. So I think like knitting has been really helpful for me too or like crocheting because it gives me something to do with my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that feels really good. It's like with you and sewing. So yeah. Painting's been helpful. I like working with clay, like doing clay earrings, but just like something stupid and easy. Yeah. Sorry. Very passionate about this subject. I was like, wow. I support it. (laughs) I support it. I'm full full on here for it. Okay. So all these books are basically books that you can read and are just like giggling and having fun. It's very similar to the guilty pleasure books. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to give you something where like, there's no bad, there's not like tension or bad, crazy moments or dark magic. It's just like a books. These are books that are just like fun and exciting, and like you know, it's gonna have a happy ending. So this books. Why don't you go first, Anna? Okay, I'm gonna talk about for my first one the American Royal Royals, I think book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose this book because this book was really good. It was a good distraction. I mean, it's not the perfect okay actually pause before i get into this we're going to describe the kind of books we're going to talk about yes and then the fact that it's just like books you don't have to commit to they're not going to be like a five series heavy fantasy or Mm -hmm. no heavy-handed themes just cute books that are a little surface level that are Mm -hmm. just there to help you pass the time freak and that's literally what american royals is yes (laughs) So and we talked about picture, it before on this episode. It's so – or on these series. It's like we're obsessed yeah, with this book series. We cute. need to read Majesty together. It's so cute. Yes, we do. Although I, I'm nervous to read it because the reviews are like, she took everything and she changed it. and oh. ugh, So I'm not ready for that. Was it one review that said that or all of them, Anna? Just tell me. It was like all of them. No! <laughs> <laughs> no! But so – Okay. Anna American Worlds is a standalone now. <laughs> It's Somewhat, not canon. Maybe we're still gonna read Majesty together. We'll see. Yes. We're just gonna wait till it goes on sale so we don't pay twenty bucks to like be disappointed. All right. Yeah. Right for that. I'm so on the wait just list. imagine. I'm number, 40. <laughs> I'm number like forty two on one of the like most popular book series right so now. So seven library. months really from sad. now, we're gonna read this book. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna go down. <laughs> but 100%. so. Okay, so what if America had a royal family? When America won the Revolutionary War, its people offered General George Washington a crown. Two and a half centuries later, the House of Washington still stands on the throne. As Princess Beatrice gets closer to becoming America's first regent or queen regent, the duty she has embraced her entire life suddenly feels stifling. Nobody cares about this bear except when she's breaking the rules, so Princess Samantha doesn't care much about anything, either, except the one boy who is distinctly off-limits to her. 
And then there's Samantha's twin, Prince Jefferson. If he'd been born a generation earlier, he would have stood first in line for the throne. But the new laws of succession make him third. Most of America adores the devastatingly handsome prince, but two very different girls are vying to capture his heart. So literally this whole book is like all about forbidden love. Just think about all the forbidden love and that's what this book is. Yes, and it's just beautiful. And like there's it's so cute. many like good scenes that are just like mm-hmm. so fun. And I feel like it's it's the perfect book to like read with a friend and like talk about and like nothing crazy happens. Well, actually yeah. at the end something crazy happens, but we're Something just not crazy does happen. happen. Yes, yeah, but it's well. it's fun. It's, it's fun. Cute. We love it. It has yes. the trope of like they're stuck in a cabin together in a snowstorm and they can't leave. Like they, they need like, to and there's only one bed and they mm-hmm. have to confront their feelings for each other, and it's so cute. <laughs> there's also, like, yeah, I love it. And also, like, the girls freak, like, it's royals, so, like, there's balls and skis mm-hmm. and ski and lodges. And, yes, of course. It's perfect. Um, yeah. Also, what do you think of Daphne? I literally will sink with the Daphne-Ethan ship. I will go yes. down fighting there is yes. this guy, Ethan. So Daphne is one of the girls trying to get with Prince Jefferson, and she's literally like a Blair Waldorf. She's so I conniving. Her. I stand the She queen. has everything queen planned out. Yeah. She's got everything planned out. She knows what she wants, and she's going to go after it. It's beautiful. Hold on. I have to sneeze. Woo! <laughs> 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 I'm too passionate about this. <laughs> um, but, e- like, there's Ethan, who is Jefferson's best friend, like, they have a connection. He Even she's like, I feel like he can see me, like, as no one else sees I'm pretty me. sure they did it, didn't they? They did, they the did do it. They, they did, did the, the dirty. devil's tango, and they never spoke about <laughs> it again. <laughs> they literally did it in the whole time. Like, you don't, you know that something happened, and then it finally gets brought up, and you're like, what the heck? Never did the devil's like, tango, but this makes no sense. What, what were they drinking that night? That's my question. It all happened, like, this one crazy night. And so you're trying to figure out what happened, and they only, like, every character, like, speaks about it, but, like, no one talks about it. And I'm like, really? Really? What, like, what happened? What? Like, and we have yet to have a full play-by-play of, like, the exact yeah. events that happened. That's why I'm like, ugh. Yep. It's so sad. many feelings. But Daphne is great. I wish you could, like, love you her. still have that book. I wish we could, like, read, like, her things. But what oh, I love about I Ethan know, is that he, I wish. he calls her on the crap, and it's great. He's, like, literally, mm-hmm. Daphne, stop. But he, like, loves that she's kind of evil. He's, like, mm. He kind of does. He's, like, he stop it. Chuck. You're so conniving. <gasps> He's Chuck. He's so Chuck. He's, like, <laughs> I'm evil, too. Let's do this. Like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I he's a good read, person. He just he's just oh, he's com- he's completely comfortable with the fact that Daphne is like scheming. He's yeah. like, mm, you're a little mace. He supports mm. her in it, which like nobody else does. And the fact of like she puts on the the show to the whole world that she's like the perfect like queen bee. She's so nice. She volunteers all of her time. She's the sweetest person. Everyone loves yeah. her, but because you're reading from her perspective, you know that that's not true. And so does Ethan. In fact, it like kills her how much she's like set up her entire life to like be this person and mm-hmm. she's like do you know how exhausting this is like and then he just dumps me like i'm so confused like i'm pretty sure she like pushed i'm not sure i'm not like i have no idea that's the thing is like we don't really know but i'm pretty sure she like pushed her best friend down the stairs or something and now she's in a coma yeah she definitely sure. drugged her best friend so that she oh, wouldn't that's what it was because her best friend knew that she, her and ethan had slept together and yes. so she drugged her when at a party to, like, have blackmail on her, which, like, yeah. this is so conniving. This is so gossip, girl. Mm, <laughs> but then her it. best friend, like, st- like woke up from her, like, drugged, drunken stupor and, like, fell down or someone pushed her. I'm not quite sure, but she ended up at the bottom of some stairs and 
is in a coma. Yeah, and Daphne feels like it's her fault, which she should. Honestly, she should. Mm, it is her give fault. me the evil girl with a little bit of like consciousness or yep. con- a conscious. Give her that Jiminy yeah. Cricket. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes, I also feel like it's really funny when Daphne and Princess Samantha like become like awkward friends. Oh, that for, like, one 10 night minutes. for like New Year's, <laughs> and they're like, yes. let's party together. Let's and they're like do doing this. shots, and they're they're just like <laughs> she's just like. I think we all have had that experience when we're at a party and the boy that we're like madly in love with is there and he's not paying attention to you at all and you have mm-hmm. dressed to the nines and you're just sitting there like, fine, I'm going to look like I'm having so much freaking fun right now. But then she like actually gets drunk when she never hasn't, she just like has a never. blast and Samantha's like, hey, mm-hmm. what's up girl? Like, let's- <laughs> <laughs> I know. Samantha's a, a cute thing. And like, let me just tell you the like depth of emotions in this book. Very, very, very like, there's no depth. Like, shout Oh, out to- I thought you were going to be like, is there no. depth? And I was going to be like, no, there's not. It's very no. surface level. Everything. So, sh- like, all of these are like, like I said, it's like if, it's like if the, the author, like, took little Barbie dolls and was like, and then this one's going to kiss this one. And then this <laughs> one's going to kiss this one. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. What else are they going to do? I love that. And then, and then this one's going to put a dress on, and then this one's going to, like, lie. And I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? And it's great. <laughs> Yeah, so American Rural's not very deep, but it's a fun distraction. Yes, perfect. Like, because if you really get into it too much, you're like, wait a second, there's plot yeah, do holes. not. You just can't get into it too much. It. You no, just have to enjoy it for what let it is. Let your seasonal depression stop you from thinking too hard about this. <laughs> yeah. Use it to its advantage. <laughs> We're like laughing, like, I'm so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> seasonal depression. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> I feel hopeless. <laughs> Okay, anyways, <laughs> the next topic. <laughs> Moving on. Um, what one do we want to talk about next? Let's talk about one on your book list. Okay. Um, so the next book is called Crosstalk, and I have not read any other books from this author, but she's written a bunch, and I think she wrote them in the 90s. But this book, I think, was more recent, and for some reason there were not glowing reviews about this, and I'm incredibly confused because I love this Literally book. happens to me all the time, and I never under... I'm like, was I at a weird point in my life? Like, I yes. love this book. Why didn't anybody else like it? It's okay. Haters gonna hate. Players gonna play. Mm-hmm. But what I liked... So I don't mind a little science fiction. I, like, actually enjoy stuff, especially things that involve, like space or like I I actually like that's a genre that I like I'm actually ashamed to talk about mm-hmm. on this podcast because honestly oh, I have so many science fiction recommendations and I'm like <laughs> so then there was this robot Wait, and this like computer why you and they talk were like about it because love. I feel like I've read a ton of science fiction okay guys we're opening up a new genre here <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> talk about science okay so here's the book Science fiction icon Connie Willis brilliantly mixes a speculative plot, the wit of Nora Ephron, and the comedic flair of P.G. Wodehouse. I don't know what any of those people are. In Crosstalk, <laughs> a genre-bending novel that pushes social media, smartphone technology, and 24-hour availability to hilarious and chilling extremes as one young woman abruptly finds herself with way more connectivity than she ever desired. In the not-too-distant future, a simple outpatient procedure to increase empathy between romantic partners has become all the rage. And Brittany Flanagan is delighted when her boyfriend Trent suggests undergoing the operation prior to a marriage proposal to enjoy better emotional connection and a brilliant relation and a perfect relationship with complete communication and understanding. But things don't quite work out as planned, and Brittany finds herself connected to someone else entirely in a way in a way far beyond what she signed up for. It's almost more than she can handle, especially when the stress of managing her all too eager to communicate at all times family is already burdening her her brain. 
That's only the beginning. As things go ba- from bad to worse, she begins to see the dark side of too much information and realize that love and communication are far more complicated than she ever imagined. I she sounds good. It is super fun. <clears throat> I think it's like it's like super fun, and I'm I just like really like the way that this was written. Um, so basically, it's a romantic comedy with science fiction and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the best way to put it is like. So she's engaged to this guy, or not engaged, but they're, like, heavily dating, and he's, and, it, like, they have this surgery you can undergo where it makes it so that you can hear what the other person's thinking. Like, you're always communicating. So it's, like, supposed to be, like, really helpful for, like, does that make sense? Like, you always know what the person you're yeah. with. But the issue is that she, and she, like, works in this lab, um, which I think is, like, kind of, like, undercover, and there's this other guy that works at this lab, too. And it's not, like, a lab with, like, 40,000 people. It's I think there's, like, three people in it. And I think it's, like, run by this, like, oh, my gosh, describing books that you read four years ago is always complicated. Yes, it's but, a um, But she, like, oh, how do I explain it? Anyways, she, like, has this, like, tent, this, like, she goes under the mm-hmm. outpatient ceremony, and then she's, like, ceremony, surgery. And then she hooks up with, not hooks up connects to the guy that she works with and suddenly she can hear his thoughts and stuff and it's like it's it's crazy let me just like oh read that's this person. cute that's fun yeah it's super fun so she's only been dating this guy for six weeks <laughs> um and he's a hot young executive at Comspan, and he's like suave he has a porch all those things stuff like that and so, you know, she just has to get this minor neurological brain surgery. But the thing is, is, like, he can feel her things, but she can't feel his things. And so she's like, how do I explain this? Okay, anyways, also she's Irish, which I feel is fun. Like, she's got, like, red oh, hair and is, is, like, fun. super cute. Um, but when their surgeon unexpectedly has an opening in his schedule and shifts their surgeries forward several months, Brittany and Trent sneak off to the hospital without telling anyone Bertie gets way more than she bargained for. When she wakes up from the surgery, she hears an actual voice in her head. True telepathy, not just sensing emotions. So that's what, like, you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not Trent who thoughts you're hearing. Bertie is horrified, but her communication problems are just the beginning. Um, but Willis sees the many di- downsides of telepathy. Hearing things we really would be happier not knowing, being subjected to others, boring or unpleasant or repugnant thoughts with no guarantee that we would ever be able to effectively turn them out. Um, and it starts off slow and then shifts into the comedy of errors that Colleen Willis employs in her novels um and what I love about it is like she I just think it's really fun because like I don't know I just thought it was super cute and then um she has this like niece yeah I like it I just think it's really fun and positive and Mm -hmm. like it's about like families and trust and like I just I also love like the love story in it so I think it's super fun and it has telepathy which I think is also fun that's cool I like reading stuff like that yes and this, that, like, I had some help with the review from Fantasy Literature, by the way. So, just to let you know. Tadina nice, Night Owl nice. from Goodreads. She was helping me out with that a little bit, too. With, like, explaining. But I just remember, <laughs> I think Anna and I were talking about this earlier. It was, like, sometimes we'll, like, pick these books. I'm like, it's so good. And be like, I don't remember exactly what happens. But I felt really good reading it. And I remember right? giggling all night. So, read it. I don't know what happens. Go. <laughs> like. Okay, <laughs> Definition turn. of not being attached to a book. <laughs> Yes, I will read books so fast that I will like be like, um, I do not remember what it, what it was about. So, um, so I have two more books I want to talk about. Do you think I have time to talk about both of them? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The first one I'll talk about, which is easy, it's called How to Hang a Witch, and it's like the Salem. Okay, I'll just read the back cover for you. I remember really liking it. 
It's the Salem Witch Trials meets Mean Girls in a debut novel from one of the descendants of Cotton Mather, where the trials of high school start to feel like a modern day witch, witch hunt for a teen with all the wrong connections to Salem's past. Salem, Massachusetts is the site of the infamous witch trials and the new home of Samantha Mather. Recently transplanted from New York City, Sam and her stepmother are not exactly welcomed with open arms. Sam is a descendant of Cotton Mather, one of the men responsible for the trials of those responsible for those trials and almost immediately she becomes the enemy of a group of girls who can call themselves the who call themselves the descendants and guess who their ancestors were if dealing with that weren't enough sam also comes face to face with a real live well technically dead ghost a handsome angry ghost who wants sam to stop touching his stuff but soon sam discovers she is at the center of a centuries-old curse affecting anyone with ties to the trials Sam must come to terms with the ghosts and find a way to work with the descendants to stop a deadly cycle that has been going on since the first accused witch was hanged. If any town should have learned its lesson, it's Salem, but history may be about to repeat itself. Oh. And it's super that. cute. There's only two books in the series, and they're not long. You could probably finish both books in, like, one day if you were, like, really dedicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically... So, like it says, she meets this ghost, and it's, like, this weird but also, like, cute... It starts off as this friendship where she moves into this house with her mom, and the ghost of the guy who used to live there is still Mm -hmm. hanging around, but he's, like, 100 years old. So he's from, like, the era of the Salem Witch Trials. Mm -hmm. And he's like, don't touch my stuff. Like, it's such, like, witty banter between them, and then, like, it turns into, like, friendship. And then, like, also maybe something more, but he's still a ghost, so you're kind of, like, wondering how that's gonna work. And then you obviously get the mean girl dynamic of the girls at school. What did you ask? I said, did it ever work out? You'll have to read to find out. Are you kidding me, Anna Jacobson? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know your middle name, which is so depressing. Anna something. (laughs) Anna beautiful Jacobson. How dare you? You you can just say, when I got married, I added my like maiden name to my middle name because I loved my maiden name so much. It was Anna Batista. Yeah. Anna and Batista so, Jacobson. Okay. You can just sorry, say that. Back to what you were saying. <laughs> off, no, you're fine. Okay. But that's super fun. I love that. It's cute. Like Yeah, you get yeah. like the mean girls dynamic of like um why can't I think of what her name is? Sam. Yeah, okay, right. That's right. Sorry. Oof. Oof. Anyways you get the mingle dynamics with Sam moving to the school and all, like, all these people are like, oh, you're a mather? Okay, I think not. And then, like, something happens and they have to, like, join forces, and it's great. I love this. I also feel like it pokes fun at, like, how stupid, like, the rules of popularity are in high school. Yep. Like, where you're just like, what? Like, what? 100%. Why is this that. defining? Yes. In high school, I feel like I'm just sitting there like, this is okay? Okay. This is great. I'm so glad we're past that. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, even the okay, first perfect. review is, uh, like, it's one star, so I don't take it that much seriously, but it says, this book is about witchcraft, and it is the silliest book I've ever read about the subject. So, like, it's not, don't take it too seriously, but I would not give this book just a one star. I really remember liking it. It was fun to read. Yeah. And, and I think, seriously, like, if you're, these are books, these are books that we're trying not to be all deep with. Like, there are books that we talk about mm-hmm. where, like, this will literally save your soul and make you a better person. Or, like, this one will literally drown you in your, like, deepest yep. thoughts. This, these are just, like, lighthearted books. I love it. Yep. Perfect. Okay, the next book I have is called Dangerous Alliance, an ostentatious romance. So, if you love Jane Austen and period dramas, I know Bridgerton is, like, the new thing, then you're really gonna love this book. Um, it's called, so yeah, it's called Dangerous Alliance. 
The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue meets Jane Austen in this witty, winkling historical romance with a dash of mystery. Lady Victorian Aston has everything she could want, an older sister happily wed, the future of her family estate secure, and ample opportunity while she, to while her time away in the fields around her home. But now Vicky must marry, or find herself in her family destitute. Armed with only the wisdom she has gained from her beloved novels by Jane Austen. This is like when they're current. Like, does that make sense? Like, the new Jane mm-hmm. Austen book had just come out. Yeah. She enters society's treacherous season. Sadly, Miss Austen has little to say about Vicky's exact circumstances, whether the roguish Mr. Carmichael is indeed a scoundrel, or her firm, former best friend, Tom Sherburn, is out for her dowry or for her heart. Or even how to fend off the attentions of the foppish Mr. Silby, he of the unfortunate fashion sensibility. Most unfortunately of all, Vicky's books are silent on the topic of mysterious accidents cropping up around her. Ones that could prevent her from surviving until her wedding day. Bum bum bum! So, first off, just know Tom Sherborne is adorable. Love him. And he, she like saves herself in a lot of these. And I think, yeah, like literally I think the last scene, like... You know that part of Ever After when um, the prince is coming to save Drew Barrymore and she like yep. has walked out of the castle after already having saved herself and he's like, wait. And she's like, sorry, I, I had to do it. I did that, like, ex- <laughs> like That exact scene happens in this book, basically. <laughs> she like, like one of the guys, um, wait, I'm like worried I'm like confusing two books. I think this happens in this book. But she has to, like, prove her innocence. She's like, I was literally tied up by this, like, horrific man. And she's just like, she's like, I literally broke out. And, like, she's, like, just wandering by herself on the road. Just that being like, so oh, funny. this is so annoying. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I really liked it. I actually bought this book, which is to say something about me. Because I never buy books, friends. I'm always using the Libby mm-hmm. app or I'm, like, yeah. going to the library. So if I bought this book, you know it's up your alley. So... Dangerous Alliance. It's really good, and I literally read it in so quickly that I don't remember the full plot of it. I just remembered that I love it, and it was so good that I bought it. So honestly, if all you remember is having a good feeling about it, it's good yes. enough. <laughs> I I remember screaming. I remember being like, "Oh my gosh!" And I remember there was a ball. There were several balls. Like I remember Ugh, there was pretty love. dresses, best friendships. It was easy, easy. Yeah, a fun, yeah. easy read. I'm here. I'm gonna for that. read one, like one more review just to see. Yeah like, what other people besides me said, who, like, had it. I literally read this a month ago. Um, so anyway, so she ends up getting, like, quote-unquote, like, torted by Mr. Carmichael. He's charming and quick with pretty compliments, but how does she know that he's another monster with his own agenda? Because her sister, like, fiance, or husband, is, like, a super bad dude. Like, she, like, and this is, like, such a, um, a horrific thing like in the Victorian times if you like left your husband and like lived with your family your family would be like scorned forever but she was like getting beaten oh. by her husband and but she they don't like mention it but yeah. like you figure out that's what happened and she's like I literally mm-hmm. can't and the guy is like trying to they're trying to pretend like she's just visiting their family that's like to like keep up the scandal or keep the scandal off of them but like he like yeah. is super possessive so he wants her back anyways um and then Tom is super chill I like him and they become really good friends, but she gets kidnapped by someone, and she has, like, somebody trying to kill her off multiple times throughout the book, and she's trying to figure oh out who gosh. the crap is trying to kill her. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And she gets to go through, it's like, so she experiences, like, the London season in town. So, like, she has all these, like, dates that she has to go on and stuff, which is very Bridgerton. So mm-hmm. if you love Bridgerton, you'll love this book. So. Yeah. Sounds, sounds good. Okay. I love Last that book. book. Do we want to leave it out there? No, you can do one more. Do you want to talk about Cinder? 
Well, I wasn't going to talk about Cinder. I was actually going to talk about Before I Fall, Do which is a little more heavy-handed than the other books we talked about, but, like, still not by that much. I'll, like, touch on it for a second. We don't have to get too deep Go. into it. So I read this book, like, a couple years ago, and I just remember loving it. And here's, like, the back cover page. For popular high school senior Samantha Kingston, February 12th, Cupid Day, should be one big party, a day of valentines and roses and privileges that come with being at the top of the social pyramid. And that is, until she dies in a terrible accident that night. However, oh she gosh. still wakes up the next morning. In fact, Sam lives the last day of her life seven times, until she realizes that by making even the slightest changes, she may hold more power than she ever imagined. Before I Fall is now... Oh. Yeah, so they turned this into a movie, and that's why I read this book. Um... I don't know if I watched the movie because I just liked the book so much I didn't want to risk the movie ruining the book for me. I okay, that. so basically the reason I love this book so much is I just must have been in the perfect place in my life to read this because for some reason it just like touched my soul so deeply. So the the premise is that like she's obviously this very popular girl and before she dies she goes to this Cupid's Day party like that her friends are hosting and, like, a bunch of stuff happens, and this guy, like, that morning breaks up with her, and she doesn't understand why, and then she goes to this party, and there's, like, it's just a high school party. You can imagine what's going on there. But then there's a girl that shows up that everyone, like, bullies the crap out of, and then, like, on her way home from the party, her friend who's driving hits something, and then they all, like, flip the car and die, and then she wakes up the next morning again. And mm -hmm. so, like, it's her journey to be, like, why is this happening? Like, maybe I need to figure out, like, what or who we hit, Maybe I need to, like, reconcile with this guy. And, like, you basically end up finding out, like, she has to go on this journey to, like, she's a very selfish person at the beginning of the book and doesn't care about anyone right. but herself. She's not even talking to her, like, parents anymore. And so, like, it's her journey of, like, self-discovery of, like, learning to become a better person. And, like, she ends up coming to the rescue of this girl who's been bullied that she used to be friends with when they were younger, you find out. And you end up finding out that that's the girl they hit with their car. And she is, like makes it her mission now she's like maybe I keep reliving this day because it's my mission to save this girl and so Aww. then she starts like figuring more out about this girl and like getting closer to her and, and why she's having such a hard time in school and she tries to be her friend but then there's also this like kind of romance that happens from this guy that she used to date or like that was her best friend when she was younger that was like when she got popular she was like okay bye and then she goes back okay. to him and, like, reconciles that relationship. It's basically her, like, reconciling all her relationships and wrongdoings and, like, growing and becoming a better person and saving this other girl. And I don't know why, but I just love it so much. Just reading Sam go through this emotional journey and then come to the realization about what's most important to her is her family and her friends. Yeah. And, like, I don't – I mean, like, I kind of am already ruining the end, but, like, she ends up – like, wanting so deeply in her soul to save this girl that she, like, jumps in front of the car for this girl and, like, mm -hmm. officially dies for, like, the final time. That's, like, her last act of saving yeah. this girl. And I don't know why this book just, like, hit me in all the right spots. I just remember really liking it. Yeah. And, yeah, I think everyone I should that. read this because, yeah, it's great. I felt like I went on the journey with her. I was like, I, I'm going to grow as a person, too. I'm not going to be selfish. <laughs> love it and it gives I think what's cool is like you get closure and I love that she got the gift of closure which you don't usually get when someone's like life is shortened like being able to have that closure in that way and stuff like that so it's like kind of like hard topic to discuss but it's like gonna help 
Like, it, it helps you in a little bit, too. I was looking at the Goodreads, and, and everyone has so many good things to say about it that it, like, helped them as a person and stuff. So, basically, this book is amazing. You gotta give it a trance. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, feel like if I know the ending of something, then I can probably handle reading it, because I, like, can anticipate it. And so I feel like I will okay. totally give this book a try. But... Um, if you are, like, struggling with seasonal depression, do not feel like you're alone. We are definitely right there with you. No. I Mm -hmm. always feel like, um, there's this really beautiful quote I heard where it's, like, even flowers don't bloom year-round. And I think, like, sometimes, like, in the winter, there's, like, times where you have to, like, be slow and be still and, and listen to yourself and, um, kind of take into note, like, the things that you are doing really well and give yourself credit and grace and, um, I hope these books like help uplift you and make you feel super good inside. Yeah, same. If you read you them or add? have read any of them, like message us and tell us your thoughts about them if they like helped you. Yeah. Or even just any other books that you were like, this is dumb and sappy, but it's happy. Like, send it our those. way. We're here for Honestly, books like we that. would love those. Like, please give me more books yep. that I can read that will just make me happy. Please. <laughs> please, we need more joy. Anyways, yes. we adore you guys and we'll see you, you next best. week. See you Bye. next time.